Welcome to the Own Your Time podcast with your host, Kyle Marcotte. On the Own Your Own Time podcast, we talk about how to become financially free and own your time. Hope you enjoy. Hey guys, so today on this episode, I want to talk about low cap rate or expensive markets and how to actually utilize that low cap rate to make more money on the back end. So you're thinking about investing in a low cap rate market, but everyone's telling you not to because low cap rates are very expensive to get in on the front end and uh, maybe it's oversaturated, et cetera. And we're going to talk about how to know when it is oversaturated and those cap rates are actually inflated. Um, and that's the reason why the low cap rate is, or if it's actually an intrinsically valuable location and that you can utilize this low cap rate to actually make more money on the back end. So for example, let's talk about the LA market. So LA is one of the most populated cities in the world. It's extremely great weather. There's a lot of different jobs and a lot of different businesses that have their headquarters there. It's definitely a major city and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. There's a lot of intrinsic value in Los Angeles. So let's say you're going to buy an apartment on the beach in LA. There's obviously intrinsic value associated with beachfront property in LA. Humans will always say that living on the beach in LA is going to be a valuable place to be. Whereas if you were to go and buy a two cap in the middle of the country in the Midwest, let's say, there isn't very much intrinsic value. You would then think that, okay, this cap rate's not accurate. It's inflated because the, too many people are overpaying and there's money being injected into the market that's not smart money. So once you get through the intrinsic value portion of the cap rate analysis, then you can see if it's a real low cap rate or if it's an inflated low cap rate. So like I said, for example, a coastal city in California, right on the beach, that's intrinsically valuable. It's gonna be low cap and it's gonna be low cap for a reason because there is value associated. But if it's low cap in a Midwest market where there isn't very much intrinsic value, people aren't gonna, for generations, perceive that as a valuable location. Then the low cap rate is because of a market cycle and it's inflated and it's most likely going to expand in the near or distant future. And the reason for all of this is, is because cap rates are not just a function of price. Of course, they, value, they are a huge part of the value equation for price. It is NOI divided by cap rate equals purchase price. But the thing is they're low also because of a perceived risk in the market. So you have investors who are, you know, not only wanting to know where the price is and that's why they look at cap rates, but they're also wanting to know their risk. So like I said, if you're investing in a beachfront property in LA, your risk is going to be lower because there's always going to be traffic there. There's always going to be people wanting to live there. It's always going to be valuable. It's intrinsically valuable. And for example, Austin, Texas, where I invest right now, the cap rates are going lower and lower because there's more big companies putting huge offices there and the job growth is insane. So people know that there's going to be tenants for a long period of time and that the rent is going to continue to go up because of this demand for housing. And therefore the cap rates are going lower because the risk of having a vacant property is also lower. So yes, the cap rate is getting lower, which means it's getting more expensive in Austin. It's also a function of the fact people perceive Austin to be a less, a less risky investment than it was in the, in the past. But again, a function of risk can get skewed if it's a non-intrinsic valuable. If you can't see the reason why the cap rate's going down and you, then you can start to understand that, okay, it's because of this market cycle. It's because of a over-aggressive buyers. And that would be an example of like, you know, a Midwest market. So if you're investing in let's say Chattanooga, Tennessee, and you're going to buy a four cap. Well, let's maybe hold off there because maybe that's just, you know, that market being propped up because of people being overexcited and a lot of liquidity in the markets as a result of a 10 year boom um, in the economy. But we're seeing that kind of slide down now because of the coronavirus and things kind of starting to cool down and maybe cap rates expanding. And you'll see markets like a Chattanooga, those cap rates are going to quickly expand and you're going to lose your shirt essentially because the way cap rates works is as the cap rates go down, the prices go up. And as the cap rates go up, prices go down. So 
if you bought at a low cap rate, that means you bought at a very high price. Now, as the cap rates expand because of, let's say the coronavirus ends up actually turning into a full on re recession or depression. I'm not saying that that is going to happen, but for this scenario, let's say that it does. Well, those cap rates expand in a market like Chattanooga that doesn't have a intrinsic value. Well, you've bought at an extremely low cap rate or a high price, and now your price of your building is going down. So you're, you're going to have to sell it for cheaper than you bought it for, which obviously is going to result in you losing a lot of money. But if you're investing in a intrinsically valuable location, like let's say the beach in LA or the beach in San Diego, um, and I'm not advising you necessarily to do that, but I'm just using it as an example, um, a philosophical example where you can't necessarily argue those markets intrinsic value. You could argue Austin's value. That's why I'm not using it as an example, but it is a decent example. The places I'm using are without a question intrinsically valuable. And that's why I'm using them as an example. So San Diego, regardless of what happens to coronavirus, beachfront mansions are always going to be expensive. The cap rate is going to eventually return to where it was when you bought it if you're adding value as well. And we're going to talk about how to add value to ensure this low cap rate, because this strategy works very well if you understand the relationship between profit of your building or NOI and the cap rate. So you have a long-term stability of cap rate when the market is intrinsically valuable. And the examples I've given of San Diego and LA are intrinsically valuable markets. So how do you actually raise the property in those markets to take advantage of this low cap rate on value on the back end? The thing that I really want to focus on is the fact that if you do raise this profit, you are going to get even more of a return on your money in a low cap rate environment. And the reason for this is because of the value formula we've referenced several times, which is if you raise this property and the lower the cap rate is, the higher the value is going to be. So the more you raise the profit and then you have a lower cap rate, you're going to see way more value on the back end than you would in a 10 cap market or a six cap market. And here's a concrete example, just in case it's not getting through what I'm trying to say. Let's say you have a $200,000 NOI on your property and you're in a 10 cap market. So we'll take 200,000 and we'll divide it by 0.1 and you're going to get a $2 million property. So that's what happens on a 10 cap. If your NOI is 200,000, your property is worth 2 million. Now let's do a $200,000 NOI on a five cap building and see what our purchase price is. It's going to be 4 million. So that would be 200,000 divided by 0.05. You get 4 million. So the property is twice as valuable. People are willing to pay twice as much for that level of NOI because they understand that that level of NOI is going to be there for a long period of time because they see that there's intrinsic value in the property. So they're willing to pay more for the same level of profit because they understand that that profit is going to exist for a longer period of time. And that's what I'm trying to get across is that low cap rates don't necessarily mean bad. They do when they're over inflated in the fact that they're lower than they should be because of human error. But if they're low because of the value of the area intrinsically, no matter what happens, then if you can get in those expensive markets, you will reap the benefit on the back end. And we're also going to bundle in how to navigate rent control. So if we're talking about LA in this example, there is rent control in LA. And you'll see that a lot of owners who have owned since the 80s, they won't understand how to navigate it and they'll leave their rents where they were because they're too scared to raise them because they don't want to get in any hot water with the law. But you can take that example, reach out to an owner who's owned it, already probably owns it outright because California's expanded so much since the 80s. And you can basically give cash for keys to the tenants and be able to raise the rent because you can't raise rent on an existing tenant, obviously. But in California, you're actually able to, if that person moves out, then you can raise it to the market rate and there's, and there's no annual block there. There's no annual percentage that they block you at if there's no one in it. It's a vacant unit. So you pay the person to move out a certain amount and we'll do the math here in a second. That's what amount you can actually afford to pay them. It's quite a hefty sum. And you'll see that it's worth it on the back end for you to actually pay someone to move out so that you can raise rent. So let's say the current rents are at 1000, but you know, the market's going to be somewhere around 1400 for the, for the current property. But the reason the guy still has it at 1000 is because he hasn't wanted to mess with rent control. He already owns it outright because he bought California real estate in the eighties. It's expanded exponentially since then. So he's fine with the check he's getting every month. And you see that there's a lot of value there that he's not even realizing. 
And the thing is, he doesn't want to try to evict people because in California, evictions are very tenant friendly and it takes forever and it's really just not worth your time. So he doesn't think to do this strategy that I'm about to tell you, which is cash for keys, which is paying the person to, on their own volition, move out of the unit so that you can raise rents, renovate it, and get more NOI out of the property. And you'll see here that you can actually pay them quite a bit. So it's a win-win for them. You're going to be paying them a, a decent amount of money here. Watch. So if, in that example, you're getting a $400 benefit per door. So we're going to do 400 times 12. That's a $4,800 value. And let's say you're on a four cap. You've added $120,000 of value to your property by getting a $400 rent bump on the unit, because you'll see that 400 times 12 equals $4,800 a year. So that's the NOI boost. You've raised your NOI $4,800 by that, by raising the rent. And then on a four cap, you'll see that that actually gives you $120,000 of value. So you technically can pay this person anywhere under 120,000 and you'll be profitable on the exchange. Now, I don't recommend that you pay someone six figures to move out. That's insane. But the thing is, theoretically, you're still winning if you were to pay this person $119,000. You'd still be $1,000 profitable. So what we do is we pay the person, you know, five to 10 grand to move out of their unit. And that's a lot of money, you know, especially now they have their moving costs paid for. Everything's all set up. They can move into a decent, another unit. They might even have a couple rents, a couple months free because of the fact that we made them a lot more liquid. So they are, it's a win-win, right? They're excited. They just made 10 grand and we're excited because we've just raised the property's value 120,000. And so if we have a hundred unit property, let's say, you can see how that really starts to compound. So that's the strategy of cash for keys on rent control. And I really want you to see that like, because of the fact that it was a low cap environment, we were able to actually see so much value on the back end. We were able to turn a $400 rent bump into $120,000 of value on the back end. That same scenario, that same scenario on a 10 cap is really not going to yield that much benefit. You're going to be only adding about $48,000 of value on the back end from the same rent bump. But the thing is on this low cap market, because of the fact that it's a four cap, we've actually added six figures of value. So I hope this episode has been helpful about teaching you that low cap rate markets aren't necessarily a bad thing. Low cap rate markets can actually be a great thing. If you understand how to utilize the nature of the environment and you understand that the back end can be benefited way greater if you understand how to raise the profit in the short term and you are investing in a low cap rate market that's going to stay low cap because of an intrinsic value. Everyone's at a risk right now. So it's not necessarily a function of, okay, well, are the cap rates going to go up in an intrinsically valuable location? Yes. But the thing is they're going to go up everywhere because COVID-19 is an insane black swan event. So would you rather be in an intrinsically valuable location where the Cap rate is going to expand, sure, but it's not going to expand nearly as much as the Midwest market. And you understand that it's also going to return to its current value eventually. Whereas the Midwest market may never see the cap rate that it's currently trading at. Because a lot of people would say that you're, okay, well, why would you even buy a low cap rate market? Well, it's like, the, it's not buy or not buy. It's buy versus buy in the Midwest. Those are your options, right? Buy in an intrinsically valuable location or buy in a non-intrinsically valuable location. Because the assumption is that you're going to buy something. So you would, my argument is that you would rather buy in a stable intrinsically valuable location. And if it's low cap rate, that's fine because you can reap the benefits on the back end.